everybody and welcome to fat guy loves cake it is april 20th 2022 i am your host joey valentine thank you for tuning into your favorite podcast ever or soon to be favorite podcast ever i'm so happy to have you here with me i tell you that all the time because i mean it you awesome loyal listeners of the fat guy thank you for tuning in three times a week monday wednesday friday to listen to me talk about whatever i talk about been a good week been a been a resourceful week. It's been, I had to, uh, let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. I have, uh, you, you may or may not know, but I am a government employee. That's right. I work for the man. I do. So I had to do a whole bunch of, uh, not, 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 not training, but, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, refreshers, because in this day and age, we have to be inclusive and, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and I feel like I just did this, but anyway, you got to watch a whole bunch of videos and answer some questions and try and pick the least offensive things to uh, people, and uh, the very first one was really, like, put me in a little bit of a of a pickle, a bit of a conundrum, because it's telling me... It says, okay, we're going to do a mock phone call. And in this call, when it's, when it's over with, I'm supposed to pick the options that are going to be the appropriate things to say. And so it tells me to, I want to be the man or the woman. Surprisingly, it did not give me a, a, a third option. But anyway, I picked the man. So there's a, there's a voice actor for me already. He's going to answer the phone. The woman on the other end is going to say whatever she says, and then I'm supposed to pick the thing that's least likely to uh, have her running to the newspaper, I guess, or the media sites and crying foul. And of course, so it, some of them were a little difficult because there were ones that were like that would smooth things over, and then there were ones that would like really smooth things. You know, there's there was ass kissing answer, and then it was like super ass kissing answer. But then the the ones that were not appropriate were so awesome. I can't really recall exactly. I should have written them down, but I had so much shit to watch. But, you know, it'd be like a woman calls in and she says, you know, every time that I call in here, I, I have to identify myself. And my real name is Tiffany, but I identify as Doug. And like one of the answers, you know, was, well, if you got a problem with it, you know, then you should just stop trying to act like a guy or something like that. It's like really, really offensive. <laughs> I hope nobody actually chose that as the answer for that question, but they were great, you know, like, and it, I would love to be the guy that writes that, you know, like, uh, okay, Joe, we need you to give them a, a multiple choice, give them a good answer, give them a really good answer, give them like a, an average, fair kind of answer. 
and then give them one that will make the news. <laughs> give them one that will have BLM fucking protesting outside of our headquarters. Give them one that makes J.K. Rowling look like the poster child for transgender rights. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's, this, was, this was the one that really killed me, okay? It tells me to pick the man or the woman for the conversation. I don't know why, because, I mean, I'm still having to answer the same question. Anyway, I picked the man, and his name is Terry. And Terry is a 30-ish African-American man. I know this because I have to pick his picture. Picture of Terry, African-American 30s. Picture of a woman, uh, mid-30s white woman. But he's black. So I wanted so bad to smart off and be like, uh, I'm not allowed to represent myself as an African-American, so that's a problem right now. I don't want to be a troublemaker. Not like that anyway. But, you know, how the tests go. They forced me to identify as black. <laughs> And when Terry, I'm doing air quotes here, when Terry comes on, when his when the voice actor comes on, it's not an African-American. And you can fucking judge me all you want, but African-American men have a distinct sound to their voice. We all fucking know that. It's deep. It's low. It's, it's black sounding. And this fucking guy, Terry, he answers the phone and he's like, Oh, thank you for calling. My name is Terry, and I'd love to help you today. What can I do for you? And I'm like, that's not fucking Terry. I'm like, that's not the man in the picture. <laughs> you you got me, a white man with a deep voice, identifying as a black man who sounds like a white nerd. Now, something's not right here. We're violating all kinds of progressive action in 2022. <laughs> I'm laughing to myself, and you know. Uh, so anyway, I, I did my thing and I gave the little answers, you know, I would never offend anyone. I mean, there's no fun in that. I mean, I like to fight with people about fun things to fight about, not fucking gender and race. I want to fight about stupid shit like movies and television shows and the eighties and who's the best fucking rapper in the world and who's the best punk band in the world. That's the kind of things I like to get heated about. Oh, and, and check this shit out. The new company <laughs> for the, uh, the, the new translation slash interpreter service for the IRS is called, I am not making this up, TransPerfect. Literally, the word trans and perfect. Now, I'm wondering if they're getting a whole lot of calls mistakenly thinking they are some other kind of service because, I don't know, I don't understand. I guess that's trans, like translate, translate perfect, I guess. But they really should have thought twice about shortening that to trans. You don't really want to use trans in this day and age anymore unless it actually refers to people identifying with their opposite sex or whatever people are identifying as cucumbers or fucking... You know, I, I mean, it may come to that one day. I, I think that would be great if there was a training video, you know, where like it had gotten to the point to where we were so 
afraid as Americans to offend anyone. It would be so great if, you know, you take a new job, put on the video on your computer. You're ready to get trained, to be progressive, to be less white, to be more in touch with the black man and the Hispanic man, and to be aware of every single person's feelings. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good, that's a good thing to do. That's a great way to handle society. Theoretically. Now you're going to sit down 10 years from now and it's going to be like Bob walks into your office and you greet him and you say, nice to meet you, sir. Bob makes a face. Why is Bob upset? Because Bob doesn't identify as a man. You realize that Bob looks upset and you say, I'm sorry, did I offend you? And Bob says, yes, Terry, I identify as a basketball and we're genderless. How do you, how do you handle the situation? You go, get the fuck out of my office, you psychopath. That's how you handle it, Terry. Disclaimer, I am not making fun of trans people. I'm making fun of the way people handle the whole trans thing and the way trans people handle the whole trans thing. I, it does not have to be such a fucking cram it down your fucking throat type of situation. If a dude started coming to work and he wanted to identify as a woman, even before trans started to become accepted in society, if that had taken place 20 years ago, I would have said, cool. I would have referred to him as a her. If that's what he wanted to be called, I would have totally respected that. And I'm talking about a long time ago. And believe me, 20 years ago, Joey was not so um, enlightened to other people's feelings. And I would not have been surprised at all. I grew up in Houston. This is like the second largest gay population in America. Only after San Francisco. Okay? Before I even graduated high school, I had seen it all. And I didn't care. I'd seen grown men in biker hats with fucking thongs march up and down Montrose, throwing fucking little bikinis at other men, big hairy, oily chests and macho, macho mustaches. And back then, it didn't fucking bother me. And I was glad Whenever I met a gay person, I was always like, cool. Like, I get to, I'm, I'm on the inside now. Like, now I get to ask questions, you know? Because when you're white and in the suburbs and all of your friends are straight, theoretically, back then, uh, you, you sit around and you talk about what? Poon. <laughs> no, but I mean, you talk about what straight men talk about. You talk about girls and boobs and getting laid, and things like that, you know, and we could talk about gay people, but we were just guessing what they did, it wasn't until the advent of the internet that we were able to find out that there were things like beads that you could stick in your ass, and all kinds of <laughs> creative things you can do with your body liquids, but even back then, you know, like, I met a gay person for the first time, I actually knew a guy for a long time, who was gay and I had no fucking idea. And he, and looking back on it, like he was one of those like fucking flamboyantly floats into the room, gay people. And I don't know how I never caught on 
for years. And uh, and no, I'm not talking about Aaron. I mean, Aaron is gay. You know, Aaron, the one that tried to kill me with his car, he's off the charts gay. He's a bear. He's a big beefcake, uh, power bottom. But he's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about another guy. It doesn't matter what his name is. When I found out that he was gay, I was like, fuck yeah, this is so cool, man. Now I can ask all the questions that I've always wanted to ask a gay person. But, you know, when I started asking him, I mean, he, I was 18. He was 18. I was asking him questions that he didn't have the answer to either. He'd had as much sex as I had, which was, you know, none. So he had no answers. He was just a guy who's gay, who was trying to figure out what being gay was all about. Same as I was a guy who was straight, trying to figure out what that's all about. We weren't very different, you know? It wouldn't be until decades later that Google would come along and I would learn all of the nasty things that Germans and French people had been up to behind the scenes. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Okay, guys, I know I've mentioned it before, but I'm going to mention it every time because I want you to do your business there. Big shout out to Fat Guy Loves Cake, the favorite propane dispensary, Kellogg Propane, located in Victoria, Texas on Houston Highway at the best prices on propane gas. If you want to do business with them, you can give them a call at 361-573-6554. Anybody there can help you out. They're all wonderful human beings. Keith, the owner especially, is the man. Go in there, mention my name, say Joey Valentine from Fat Guy Loves Cake told me to come here and get my propane, and they'll say, we don't give a shit, but we still have good prices for you anyway, even though you listen to that guy. <laughs> Kellogg Propane, Victoria, Texas. 361-573-6554. So I got my night started last night. I was up all fucking night, okay? I'm up all night because I had downloaded the entire first season of Chucky. If for some reason you are not familiar with Chucky, let me fill you in. Back in the 80s, there was a movie called Child's Play that came out, and there was a doll, and there was a serial killer well, I don't think he was a serial killer. I think he was just a fucking murdering person. His name was Charles Lee Ray. And he used some voodoo, and he put his soul into the body of the Chucky doll. They're called good guy dolls. They're these little fucking, you know, like, uh, if, if you're a child of the 80s like I, then you'll remember good buddy and kid's sister. You know, good buddy. <laughs> No, no, not good buddy. Was it good buddy? Let me see if I can find that. Hold on. Okay, so I got it wrong. It's my buddy. I was saying little buddy. What the fuck? Little buddy. That's like, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. Hey, little buddy. Uh, my buddy. My buddy and me. It was this fucking doll. And it, I, obviously, Child's Play was a playoff. But here, let me play you the commercials jingle. I found it. buddy from Hasbro preschool okay so first of all I love how the kid singing the song is like so fucking aggressive 
Like you hear how possessive his voice is in that song. He's like, my buddy. He's like really fucking, you know, like making a point to let everyone know, like that's my buddy. <laughs> so my buddy was pretty simple. My buddy was just a fucking white doll, you know, like a cabbage patch kid with like another six inches to the height. And then they came out with kid sister, kid sister, kid. Anyway, so you may or may not remember that. Depends on how old you are. Child's Play came out. It was obviously a, a knockoff of the My Buddy shit. And Chucky was the name of the doll. Well, it was the good guys' dolls. Chucky was the name of the serial killer. Charles Lee Ray, he went by Chucky. So like any good hammy horror movie, Child's Play is a couple of hours of a fucking doll going around killing people. And it's corny, but it's awesome. And it was very, very popular. I saw this movie as a very young child. I went to the dollar movie theater down the street from my house, and I snuck in to see this movie, and it was awesome. And they made like eight sequels to it, okay? Any franchise worth a shit will have eight to nine sequels. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. They just can't stop making these fucking movies. Well, Child's Play has way more than I even knew. So the franchise has just been kind of doing nothing for a while. And then all of a sudden, USA and Sci-Fi come out with a television show called Chucky. Now, in the movies, it was always like, well, like any horror movie, you know, you're going to have a bad guy going around killing everyone. And then at the, in the end of the movie, the wrap-up is that the bad guy gets defeated. But this, Chucky, this is a television show and they're planning on having at least one ex like a second season at least one more season so you gotta stretch this shit out well let me tell you something this show is fucking awesome i highly recommend it says a lot of potty words there's a ton of violence and it's hilarious to watch this doll kill people the animation is fantastic there's no cgi or anything like that it's all puppeting but to watch this little happy good buddy doll go around and just really fuck people up. Also, he swears constantly, but he's got there's a kid's voice that's doing the like when no one no one knows that the doll is alive except the one child that's carrying it around. Cause he's always like listening to Chucky whisper in his ear. That's how the movies all like that was their formula. This one, about halfway through the season, Chucky's like, fuck it, and he doesn't care who knows he's alive. And all these teenagers know he's alive, but nobody's, they don't say anything because the adults aren't going to believe them because, you know, adults just don't understand. But Chucky just gets funnier and funnier. And he's just, he's really, there's no redeeming qualities about him whatsoever, except that it's really funny to see something that is about a foot and a half tall stab someone with a knife that's half the size of the doll. If you watch it, don't go in there expecting it to be like high production value. The acting is really bad, but it does have Jennifer Tilly. If you don't know who Jennifer Tilly is, uh, you younger kids might know her as Bonnie on Family Guy, you know, Joe Swanson's wife. I know her as a lot of other things, but most specifically, a giant pair of knockers. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. 
And uh, boy, does she really go for the Scream Queen cheese fucking award of all time. So it's hella entertaining. I actually paused the very last episode of the season to do the show. So as soon as I'm done with this, as soon as I wrap it up, I'm going to finish off the last 15 minutes, see how that goes. But so far, so good. And I am not uh, a big horror fan. I was talking about this to uh, Sally earlier today. Uh, I'm not a horror person. Now, I grew up reading King, okay? I was, like, my house only had two things on the shelves, medical books and Stephen King. So at five years old, like, my first book was Salem's Lot. And by the time I was eight, you know, I had read It, Pet Cemetery, the scariest fucking book ever written in the history of books. I dare you to show me a book that is more frightening than Pet Cemetery. Stephen King himself finished that book and said that he locked it into a place because he was scared to even look at it. That book traumatized me and it. It was fucking brutal. You think the movies were fucked up? No. Read the book. The movies could have never done the book. Uh, I mean, the movies did the book justice, but the movies could have never included everything. But that's with any book. But I used to, I was never into horrors. And if I ever watched horror movies as a kid, I mean, like I saw the first thing that I ever saw horror movie wise was um, like the Twilight Zone movie. You know, the one that's got Radon Chong in it. And she's like a demon. And uh, anyway, that scared the shit out of me. Hell, Star Wars fucking scared me. But I mean, I was you know, when Star Wars came out, I was like two. Never a fan of horrors. I have always been a comedy person. My whole life has always been about the funny. I don't like drama. And most of the time, I won't watch drama unless it's a film that I feel like I'm probably missing out on if I don't watch it. Because, uh, you know, like, like, um, I'm, I'm, like there's movies that I've seen that I would say, yes, you need to see. Absolutely must see at least once, uh, but just so you can understand the impact of it. And uh, Schindler's List, uh, The Pianist, both Holocaust movies. I don't know why anyone would ever want to see either one of those movies more than once. Like, seriously, like what kind of fucking psychopath like owns Schindler's List on Blu-ray? And like, like if I, if you met someone, like if you haven't seen The Pianist, if you can handle like serious, real life, you know, what happened in World War II type shit, like no, like no punches pulled whatsoever, like the true brutality, if you can handle it, I suggest watching it because it is fucking amazing. But I'll never watch it again. If it was to come on TV, I'd turn it off. I'd, I'll never watch it again. There are scenes in that movie that to this day still sometimes pop into my head and give me the chills. And if I ever met anyone that watched movies like that on a regular basis, I would be, well, I'd, I'd fucking report them. I'd red flag them to the FBI because, like, if you, could you imagine if you met someone and they're like, yeah, bro, I'm having a party this weekend. We're all getting together to watch movies. Oh, cool. What's up? Oh, we're just going to get some brews and put on Schindler's List. Like, what? Uh, I'm sorry, Schindler's List, like like the Schindler's List from Steven Spielberg. I, I don't want to talk about that subject, you know. What a, it was such a fantastic movie, though. And Steven Spielberg, God bless him. He used to, when he was filming that movie, he in between takes, he had he had asked. This is a great story. He had asked Jerry Seinfeld 
if he could have copies of every episode of Seinfeld because he was so fucked up by making this movie because of the horrible things that happened to the Jewish people. He, whenever there was breaks, he would go to his trailer and he'd watch Seinfeld to keep from just breaking down mentally. I mean, that's, that's crazy. And that's dedication to your work. But I know I've never, I, I like funny. I'm all about the comedy. I've always been like, I love to laugh at dumb shit. I'm a huge three Stooges fan. That's why like I grew up like I was raised by the Stooges. That's why I, I, I say some of my words like that. Okay. Because of the Stooges 10 years ago, after uh, Satan and I divorced, I met a girl and we dated for about a year and she wanted to go see horror movies all the time. I hadn't seen one in like 30 freaking years. So she takes me to see um, Insidious. And I already knew it was going to be like, it wasn't going to be like a truly scary movie. Like any horror movie these days, it was going to be one of those fucking jump out at you all the fucking time. You know, little red faced demon man fucker or whatever. So we went to the theater. It's like opening night for Insidious, the very first one. It is packed. I am shit faced. Okay. That's the only way I'm going to a horror movie. I'm absolutely fucking pissed on scotch. And we go and it's sold out. I mean, we got our tickets, but it sold out. So it was no empty seats. Huge, huge uh, theater. And there we are, me and my girlfriend watching this movie. And it's quiet. All you can hear is the crunching of popcorn and the rustling of shoes on the floor. The occasional squeak. And then some shit jumps out. And what do I do? I scream like a fucking girl. I go, Jesus! And the whole theater erupts in laughter. I mean, like, it took them forever to settle down. There was murmuring and chatter and all kinds of fucking giggling going on while this horror movie is happening, which has now become the background to what is happening to me. And everyone finally calms down, and I'll be damned if I didn't do it like 30 more times during the movie. And everyone was so fucking happy that it kept happening. I was like, (laughs) I just, I don't do jump scares. Okay, not 30 more times, but like five times. Seriously. Spread out real well. And like when shit, you know, when the music would start, you know, you knew something was about to fucking jump because somebody's like slowly walking through a dark hallway. You're just waiting for some shit to jump out. It's either going to be a monster or a fucking cat or the broom's going to fall over or something. And you can hear everybody getting restless, you know, like old people at a bingo game when they know the number's about to be called. Everyone in the movie theater was like getting restless because they knew some jumpy shit was going to happen. And I was going to embarrass myself. And I did. I didn't disappoint. Not even a little bit. I don't do scary i don't like horror i don't see what the thrill of that is but some people do i like my horror night my horror my horror to be campy i like evil dead army of darkness 
Give me Bruce Campbell in anything, any day. You can make it as gory as you want. But as long as he's saying things like, give me some sugar, baby, or shop smart, shop (laughs) S-smart, I'll fucking watch that. But Chucky, yeah, it's fucking cool, man. It's chilling, too. Listen to this music. This is the, the opening theme right here. It's just like 10 seconds. See, that's spooky, right? That's pretty cool. Now listen to the, uh, listen to this. I also have a clip of uh, this is the fucking doll when it's not when it's not the the serial killer when it's just the the pre programmed child's voice. This is what the doll sounds like. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho! <laughs> okay, so now imagine like the doll does that, and then it's like. And I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. <laughs> it's awesome. I think so, anyway. Give me the key, Jagatsaka, motherfucker. <laughs> all right, wrap, wrap, wrap it up. I'd like to thank you all for listening to me on a Wednesday, and I appreciate the uh, love that I've been getting, and uh, everybody's trying to spread the word about Fat Guy Loves Cake. Anyone wants to reach me, fatguylovescake at yahoo.com. Shows on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm Joey Valentine. And again, thank you for being here. Uh, I will see you on Friday. And what do I always say? Be nice. Constant